Riddle me this, riddle me that. Three men on a boat with a packet of cigarettes and no matches. How do they manage to smoke? They throw one cigarette overboard and they become and the boat becomes a cigarette lighter. <laughs> the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Just a flesh wound. Axe on hat. Axe off. I know Kung Fu. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. They're here. All the Come out to play. I ate his liver with some fava beans. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Show me the money. I drink your milkshake. The snozzberries taste like snozzberries. How do you like them, Max? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. These guys are 11. I'll be back. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. I'm vengeance. That's from Batman 1966. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The riddles were a little less uh, grim. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. In this episode, we are talking about. The Batman, not a Batman, the Batman, the, the uh, Batman. yeah, the reboot, <laughs> re, re-envisionment, re-skinned <laughs> uh, from Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers existing outside the current DC universe, which seems to be the safest ground in the world <laughs> for DC. <laughs> And also um, with um, Batman, I think in particular, he there's something about this character that has always worked when treated with an element of respect. And to say this movie worked for me was an understatement. Mm-hmm. 
This is when um, the choir starts singing for me whenever I hear the Batman just, um, it's everything I have always wanted in a Batman movie. And it's my ideal iteration of Batman come to life um, just because it reminds me so much of the animated series. Okay. Yeah, just, I, I, I haven't watched the animated series and I haven't read the comics but I get the feeling that this is probably the closest to how Batman is in the comics. And I, some, I say that, some comics. Well, I, yeah, or a version of the comics, I guess. But um, it it's not like the previous films, whereas it's it's more of a film noir cross. Yeah, it's it's. I was expecting serial killer David Fincher to pop up and <laughs> Kevin Spacey to show up with a box with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head in it at any moment. <laughs> Absolutely, it finally brings the character of Batman into the spotlight as a detective because that's exactly who he is. He's, He's the a noir world's detective. greatest detective. Exactly, mm. and you know, you couple that with you know some really solid performances. Um, Gotham looks amazing as this city that is just doomed to keep sort of like crumbling further and further down into hell and we also have some pre-murdered wanes so we don't have the typical starting point for the film yeah we didn't have to do that dance again no and thankfully not i mean it's alluded to but one of the gripes that i have about previous iterations is that it always has to demonstrate that we all know what happens to thomas and martha wayne after they go to the theater <laughs> They have they yeah, have, it also have, have a mischief. Len Turn angle, I thought, that was explored in that film. Um, mm. One that's overlooked by all the previous ones because when we get shown that scene in all the previous Batmans, you're there sort of feeling the vengeance with the protagonist's mm. character. So you, you feel Batman's vengeance and need to do it. This one's a little bit more in the shadows in the background, much like all the other characters. And so it was interesting for me because at first I sort of found him a little over-exaggerated in his grief and mm. the way he was always morose through the whole thing. And I was starting to go, oh, it seems a bit flat until um, the Joker sort of brings it right back at him. Sorry, not the Joker, the Riddler brings it right <laughs> back at him um, by pointing out that he had the comfort of money and all of this sort of uh, privilege mm. compared to other orphans who suffered just much the same thing and uh, don't have that ability to make do with uh, what they have. They're just trying to continue surviving. And I, I actually went, okay, now that works. That sort of really mm. morose tone is showing up and almost makes a nice character arc for Batman. Well, it's, 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 it, he, heads, he heads sort of in a direction that, not away from that, but knowing mm. that it's not, that's what's not going to fix Gotham. Mm. Yeah, and also more to the point, he doesn't refer to himself as Batman and neither does anybody else. He calls himself Vengeance in the movie. So yeah. this is the very formative years of Batman. He's two years into the gig. So you see a very different Bruce Wayne taking on this persona. Um, he's not a ninja. He's been trained by Alfred, who was, like, so superbly played. <laughs> um, whoever decided to freaking <laughs> cast Old Mate was a genius as Alfred. Old Mate. <laughs> mate. <laughs> Andy Andy Circus Andy Circus yes who, who I th I thought was a, a inspired casting but is criminally underutilized in the film was it, it might be my only gripe with the film 
It's one is, of mine as well. Yeah, I needed more Alfred. Yeah, a little more because he they, they were they were like hinging a bit on him in terms of an emotional payoff with one of the plot points. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which was nice, but it was still like, ah, oh, okay, he's 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 out of action. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, I guess at the core of it, I guess um, Robert Pattinson does demonstrate that he has some serious acting chops. He's a really interesting kind of actor. He has a lot of um, diverse roles that he's picked. You know, a lot of people sort of write him off as the Twilight guy, but he's done some interesting projects and I quite like his iteration of Batman. I'm not a huge fan of the way he portrayed Bruce Wayne because I see that character very differently, but um, his Batman's quite good. <laughs> I I really, I enjoyed both his portrayal of Bruce Wayne and his portrayal of Batman. It was just certainly, I think, his Bruce Wayne fit the tone of the film more than Sure. I guess my image of the, of of the Playboy kind of, you know, the the the, the more Bruce Wayne's a dickhead, the more it's less likely that he's Batman. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. I guess um, I just wanted a little bit of character differentiation. Like I always feel that the characters, three different characters. So you have the Batman figure, you have Bruce Wayne as he is, um, just when he's alone with Alfred, and the public persona, the Playboy character. So there's a lot to, mm. um, I guess, um, toy with their Christian Bale strikes that nice balance in his portrayal of Batman. So I just felt this one was just a little bit, not one dimensional, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more well, variation. I feel like it's the, I feel like it's the, the first Batman movie where he spends the majority of the time in the suit. Like, Oh yeah, exactly. Right. And also, um, also a lot of the scenes are almost exclusively at night or at um, dusk or at daybreak. So you sort of see how that impacts or Bruce Wayne's life. How... <laughs> yeah, with all the lights turned off, like clearly the sunlight hurts his eyes and he has to wear the sunglasses. He has to keep a log of his journal with what's going on in the evenings because I'm sure it all bleeds into one another when you are a perpetual night owl. So that adds a different kind of element to his um, determination to absolutely see this through mm. and to save Gotham. Yeah, that, that that sort of reinforced um, not just with the night scenes, but the fact that it's mm. almost always raining and um, yeah, there's this grungy production design that's got a little bit, bit more realism to it than all the previous versions. Even though you got that sort of mixture of gothic, it it leans into, I guess it's Blade Runner territory a little bit in the way yeah. that it mixes the uh, styles together a little bit more seamlessly than you normally see, and it, it's done extremely well especially when you're seeing lots of visions about the renewal and all of those aspects mm. um, yeah so yeah I, I really enjoyed the look of it completely and it mm. sort of helped reinforce the detective noir part of it yeah and it's almost like um a modern noir in itself um i find the character of the riddler to almost be like this um dark web q kind of figure yeah. from the QAnon movement. And I, that idea really intrigued me with the way that he's, I guess, um, in air quotes, whistleblowing on the dark city underbelly of the Gotham elite and, you know, storming the centre of Gotham with his posse, like, you know, um, mm, his, in the United his States. Followers, his radicalised he, young his people. Radi <laughs> I mean, that's something that's been closely reflected um in the last um, election over in the United States. So it just really harkened back th that to me. It hit me really hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it did layer this really cleverly, the sort of disenfranchised fringe web element, if you want, that we do mm. have. And um, 
it's used really well in terms of the plot as a plot device, but also a commentary, I, I'd say, as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess the other standout for the film for me was um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oz. Oh, uh, what a performance. And also um, one of my favourite scenes was with him in the movie was that car chase. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 um, I think every every Batman movie, uh, particularly his first outing, need, it, it's it's I think it's in the paperwork. There needs to be an impressive Batmobile uh, scene, and it's just a muscle this, car this with was, a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's an it's, it's an armored cannon fall. <laughs> it just um. Oh, it was just that that reveal to the the I, I got the I, I saw it in extreme screen, and when he fired up that car and I felt it through my bones, like, <laughs> and then it took in this beautiful shot, like silhouetted with the blue flames yeah. of the car, um, sort of punctuating from the engine and then the the rear. It was just like holy shit, and then it took off, <laughs> and it was a very like um, it wasn't a flashy car chase either it was sort of a just a very um i guess back to that gritty tone that was yeah was and ramming I... into stuff and uh, you know it wasn't jumping batman jumping from rooftop to rooftop or anything like that that we've seen previously it's sort of still in a sense like you do have to suspend your disbelief but it's still grounded in reality enough for you to sort of really buy into it be like yeah this is a legitimate car chase that's going on with this crazy person in this souped up car and this man <laughs> who's an affiliate with the crime <laughs> crime world <laughs> yeah it's interesting when you mentioned the penguin i really thought the performance was unreal that wasn't yeah. an issue but i actually felt that having so many villains in a film did actually diminish villains in general. Um, and, I think it, and I think it always does when you, when you pack in too many, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, like, it was I, think really he's, I think he's a supporting character. Like, this is, I think they're trying to, this is the Riddler's movie. Yes. Mm. And for me, the Riddler was the outstanding uh, performance in it. We that, moved. That was... We moved far away from spandex. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. And crazy Carrie, Zodi Zodiac killer. <laughs> yeah. You can just picture um the Riddler in an episode of Mindhunter or something like that. Like yeah, he needs right? to be studied. <laughs> yeah. Paul Paul Dano um just twisted. What he did with his yeah. voice and mm. the the sort of the changes in his tone from from one extremity to the other this sort of like pathetic guy to like i really would feel remarkably uncomfortable being trapped in a room with that dude i would too and sometimes when you have characters um, or rather actors who portray a character in that kind of way it almost comes off sometimes as a bit contrived because they don't know where to stop with the extremes. But I think Paul Dano really hits it and strikes it well in the middle. He just knows when to back off and when to push. Mm. Yeah. And the, the, the interrogation scene, which was um, yeah. a, a really amazing moment in the film, particularly by both Pattinson and Dano, just electric. Mm. But the I, like, it was his... He was creepy. He was really, really 
like putting me off and there was like a woman sitting somewhere in the cinema and when he started like screaming she was like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) he's like like, obviously it was too much for her the poor darling no he he was very convincing as the villain who believes he's doing what's right um which makes it and the the, like the weird and the, the weird love not love, but love might not be the right. It's like, like we're buddies, we're friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Was, was really like we're doing oh, the same geez. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm, but it's yeah. done in that nice way, which is a little more subtle than some other ones in the past, where they go, "You're like me," you know, sort of thing. It mm. wasn't really saying that. It was just going, "Hey, we're doing it." <laughs> That's it. Yeah, uh, in a really like... saying you're with me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and Batman and then they Pattinson played that realization too of like like that that shocked terror of like yeah. I'm nothing like you. Yeah, he, he does that Michael Keaton face. The yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows that face. Yeah, um, Zoe Kravitz yeah. I thought was was really great as well. Yeah, she she for me was the MVP of the movie. Um, I thought she was a great Selena Kyle and. Um, a lot of the movie is about her as just as much as it is about um, the character of Batman. It's about their relationship in a lot of ways. Mm, and, it, and it didn't go down that like she's a a, a a crazy nutcase. It was very much that Batman year one mm. survivalist Selina Kyle. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Um, you know, there's been so many iterations of Catwoman, some more successful than others. Um, I think this one's a more true imagining of what the character should be like. She's chaotic. She, you know, uses people as a means to an end and she's got her own agenda going on, which I really appreciate. Yeah, but there's nothing overtly, you know, evil about what she's doing. It's simply make, make a buck, survive, protect people if you have to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dealing with things in probably the only way that she knows how. Um, she's grown up in a life that's surrounded by violence. So that is the way that she feels would resolve issues, especially um, with the plot twist concerning her and the character of Falcone. Mm. Mm. Yes, John Turturro. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was not expecting him in the movie, but I was glad that I had him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, um, like I've always known that he's a phenomenal actor, I think, but there was mm. his uh, menace. Yes. He, he, he came across as the, like quite intimidating in his, with his sunglasses on at night. <laughs> he played Falcone with the kind of um, temperament where when he gets angry, he doesn't necessarily yell. He just gets quiet because he wants everyone to sort of, quiet themselves mm. down so they can listen to what he's saying and that means he's in complete control of the situation yeah um, that, but i mean like feels... versus the, the only other falcone i think we've had on screen which was tom wilkinson's mm. portrayal of falcone in batman begins where yeah. which, which very much to like i can shoot you in the head i'm so scary <laughs> it's like... yeah it's a bit more it's more uh, dare I say... <laughs> yeah that one's a bit more cookie cutter I yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, do the sort of cheesy accent like I control this town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, I think the other thing that really made the movie was um, the use of music. Um, the score was incredible, oh. and um, the the opening, how they started the film with Nirvana and ended with Nirvana. I just oh, chef's kiss. It was great. 
<laughs> I found that a little disconcerting, to be honest. It was because it was Nirvana, yeah. It, it drew me out a little bit. Oh, fair it's, enough. Because um, you went divided. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, I guess, loaded with the time that all that music came out and things, and mm. it sort of didn't gel as well for me. I mean, I could hear how it worked, mm. but um, I actually sort of found that a little off-putting, especially because it was repeated so often. Um, yeah, fair enough. You know, just a few uh, sort of lines of the music itself is constant throughout the film if you mm. listen yeah. carefully and i mm. sort of went oh does it have to always be the nirvana bit because i don't think even the song really reflects what's going on at the same time so mm. it's uh yeah it's one of those ones that i think you've got to be really careful when you use popular music as a soundtrack oh, yeah, um, yeah I, particularly I'm, well, I'm, I mean the score was so good yeah, and that's what it took me back to um, the animated series because it had tones of that in the overture with um, the strings oh. and also the horns. And I was just like, yeah, I'm like, that is the animated Batman from the 90s that I remember. So I think they sort of harkened back and used well, just that, like, Even that use of dialogue, like in the 90s show where it was like, I'm vengeance, I'm the knight, I am Batman. Yeah, like, exactly. I was just like, finish the line. <laughs> the little uh, square um, inner thought box from a comic. When that mm. was happening as well so that's why i felt it really connected to the mm. comic version of it i uh, i will say like the the reveal of batman in this i was just like oh it's like really <laughs> right. it was such a it was just the best build-up like the 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 criminals like shitting their pants because like with these and the use of um darkness mm. in this film is it's almost overwhelming like i don't think i'm used to seeing a film this dark yeah. Other than some horror films. <laughs> oh, but, but I mean, I've, I don't think I've even seen a horror film this visually dark. Mm. Yeah. I think part of it is a, an intentional choice um, to put you in the position of um, the villain or the, mm. the petty criminal that Batman yeah, is doing. Yeah, the person you know, who's pursuing. about to get their jaw broken. Yeah, exactly. You're about to get a Gatling gun um, in the leg, which yeah. looks painful. <laughs> the, 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 like, that that yeah those those little vignettes of these criminals doing things and then like he drops a spray paint can it rolls into the dark and it's like oh yeah and you think which one is it gonna be let's go and then for when the it, train when it, this is when the he, train yeah when he finally comes out and that that one guy thinks he's gonna challenge him and he just beats the shit, shit out, out of him, him. <laughs> it was fantastic <laughs> yeah I, I i loved it like there's not much more that i can say um to praise this movie but whoa what a yeah, I, what a pleasant surprise. I, actually, I, I thought it was certainly the best Batman film I've seen. Um, mm. I just think it was a little overlong for and tried to pack a little bit too much in it. Three, three, three hours is a long time. Yeah. It's And this is where I think the Penguin, if you took the Penguin out of it, I'd ask what plot device did the Penguin really take in this? And was uh, he, it he, he served setting up the new Penguin television series that's coming out on HBO Max later this year? Yeah. I guess he was also a bit of a... I, 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 I didn't mind it. I really... I didn't... Yeah. I, I, I was okay with him being a supporting character and he did sort of stand out. And it's still kind of telling a comic book story. You still have these, you know, larger-than-life comic book characters in it. So I, it didn't. it didn't bother me. The penguin didn't bother me. Oh, he didn't bother me. I just think for making it a, a probably a better paced film, if you didn't mm. have that element in there, the story didn't require the penguin. And 
um, it would have been nice to see him as himself as one of the major nemesis of Batman mm. in a film. Um, because, I mean, it's obviously setting up the end for the next one. <laughs> Who on earth could that have yeah, been? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just on... in, which I think is really risky ultimately when they go for that one because that's going to be one that's going to be hard to fit into this universe or keep it on the side of the universe without referring to past performances. So Yeah, especially one with um, Joaquin Phoenix in such recent memory, which sort of has the same oh, kind of tone think, as this film. I yeah. think Heath, uh, yeah. I think that's a, a hell of a shadow to walk into, like both of them. But I mean, ultimately, it's we've I think we've talked about it before. It's the strength of that character is like mm -hmm. there aren't too many versions of the Joker that are you know not watchable mm. yeah no, and I think... Leto. all right sorry sorry letters all right that was pretty yeah yeah it wasn't a joker it was just yeah. whatever the street thug that was meant to be with his yeah. joker for some reason think. tattoos his own name on his chest just in case yes. he forgets that he's crazy <laughs> <laughs> um but I well the, the the I can't remember the actor's name who who there who has been cast as the Joker. He um he was in Eternals just recently. Uh, Irish actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether he is, I think Matt Reeves has sort of said like there was a scene with the the Joker in the movie the cut mm -hmm. that appeared earlier, so it was sort of meant to be a throwback to like this. Arkham Asylum thing, like, oh, that was the guy from earlier. He is the Joker. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I he is the villain. He is the villain that I think fans kind of like think about me and think of the Joker. So I feel like they would do it because it is he is the most popular one. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's just reboot. So I I understand it. I just mm. go, wow, it's going to be a hard act to follow. Uh, yeah, yeah. No pressure. Yeah. At the same time, though, I just you don't have to have a sequel. This is a perfectly good standalone. Just leave it. No, no it's no, Monica. It's, uh, Monica, this is trilogy. <laughs> this is um the bat, like the Catwoman spin-off series, the Penguin spin-off series. They're doing a whole universe thing based around just this movie. Do we get to watch Colin Farrell's Penguin also run for mayor? Because I'm totally down. <laughs> <laughs> Played it like a harp from hell. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called Christopher Walken. <laughs> so is this is this separate from? Uh, I guess. Affleck? No, I'm, well, yeah, I'm not talking about that. But that that so the Snyder stuff is one universe. Yeah. Yes. Is this a separate one where they're yes. just exploring it separately? Right. Yeah, that's that my way. understanding. Right, and then you've got the Suicide Squad. As another part of it, oh, that's that that's part one? of the Snyder. That's part of the Snyder thing. Snyder one, right? Yep. The the um yes, yeah, so that's the that's called the DCEU. So the <laughs> sorry, yeah, technically, so that's the the, the yeah the D, the DC extended universe, which is like the MCU, right? Mm. This was basically this movie was meant to be Ben Affleck's solo movie, and mm -hmm. no one could agree on a script. And Matt Reeves was like, "Hear me out." <laughs> <laughs> And Warner Brothers um, went with it, which is, I guess, risky in itself. In you know, in the in this world of you know the Marvel thing and all that, 
to to just go and make this other Batman that's not related to your current property, mm. which flops about in the ocean. The, the current one was getting lost, Isn't like the nineties two thousand series as well. No one really owned the role. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's good to break the mold. Like mm. uh, those Marvel movies, they're all they all run on the same blueprint, um, and they're not likely to change. This is something that's done differently and it just strikes you right in the face by how different it is because it is so good you know this is what you could do with a property and a well-established character if you give it a fresh new take just try something and it's different. and it's also it's also avoiding the like we need to make it like a family friendly you know toy marketability what kind of sicko parent is going to buy their kid a riddler toy <laughs> <laughs> Monica's putting Did you like the, the, the glad wrap on his head was a nice touch <laughs> oh yeah loved it <laughs> like like yeah, this is not the, this is not the like the this is not the family friendly you know batman and no. i think dc have realized that their property isn't marvel and that's okay yeah, use it to your advantage. Get the sickos out there who really yeah. enjoy this. <laughs> There's an uncomfortable Riddler fan club somewhere right now, I'm sure, of, um, <laughs> of uh, what do you call them, incels? <laughs> oh, you, you just, yeah, that's probably true. You, you just know that there's going to be some Riddler Batman slash of um, fiction or something like that. <laughs> yep, yep, drawing that symbol on their school books and carving yeah. it in the school tables and shit. Uh, the Batman. Go see it because I I'm gonna need to see it again. I just I th I was I knew it was gonna be good. I didn't know it was gonna be this good. Yeah, I second that. Go see it, everybody. Oh, well, if you into all of the superhero films, this is um, top shelf one. That's the way I describe it. Mm, this is a Chevis Regal twenty twenty four yeah, year at least. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> jolly good, jolly good. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. <laughs> I'm Finn Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto, and Scott Sauter. The clip for this week's show was the original teaser trailer for The Batman, and the song at the end was the main Batman theme from The Batman. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please share it with friends and jump onto our socials, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter, popcultureau, or on Instagram, or on YouTube. Please... Let us know what you think of The Batman and if there's anything you'd like us to talk about in the coming weeks on our show. Thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time on Popped Culture. Popped Culture.